Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success. We're back. We took a little break, a little hiatus. Maurice was blowing up over there, getting busy with his new, with his new book that just dropped. So um, fresh off the Today Show, just this past Monday, I got to see you on the on the Today Show. So uh, why don't you first tell us wh- what's the name of your new book that's out? and about the experience that you had at the Today Show. Uh, no, what was an awesome experience, man? Well, the, uh, just, just to get to it, the book is called uh, One and Done, How My Life Began After My Football Career Ended. And I'm pretty sure that you know uh, you know a lot about that. But then also, uh, I just think a large part of my story, uh, which nobody has, well, which nobody really pays attention to, is the things that happened after the game. You know, a lot of times I'm always... Uh, referenced by, you know, either a play I've made in the game or a tackle that I've broken. But in my lifetime, that there's been more that's taking place off the field and, and that was relevant towards uh, my success right now than, than it was on the field. And um, it was it was surreal. You know, when I first got the um, the inquiry to be on the Today Show, uh, it was kind of like surreal because, you know, like I, like I told Al Roker, I went from watching this thing in prison. And I think anybody who's you know, watched TV over the last 20 or 30 years they see Al Roker and, and George Stephanopoulos and Hoda and, and these figures uh, from, you know, American News. And so when I got up there, you know, you're watching this uh, this uh, enormous operation. You know what I mean? When you get in there, you have 50,000 people with makeup, 50,000 people with stage design, 50,000 people uh, with cue cards and moving all, move, moving all around. And um, you just actually think to yourself, like, man, this is – you know, this is a platform that I'm about to be on, and millions of people watch this. Uh, but after I got I me, mean, after I got done and got there and, uh, and kind of met everybody, uh, I just say, you know, this this comes with it. You know, getting your life together, uh, just doing doing what you're supposed to be doing for the right reasons. And um, you know, at times, you know, God blesses you, the universe. Blesses you. Somebody sees you, and they end up giving you a platform uh, to explain what you have going on. And that was the the extent of the initial part. Of it. Love it, did. Did you ever think, man, coming from the south side of Youngstown, dog, that, that you would be on the Today Show, you know, one day? It's crazy. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, like, there's two things, even just looking at you right now. This is it's really, one, no, I'll say that. One, I've never thought that I would get to the Today Show. You know what I'm saying? Or, um, not, and I said it there, it's not like that symbolizes success, but, you know, getting to prison takes one set of actions and getting to the, the Today Show takes another set of actions, and especially when you're somebody's motivational Monday, right? That's right. Uh, but what I will say is that um, I looked at you, and, and this is kind of part of this. Like, so I'm recognized on that platform from stuff that I started with the Red Zone. And obviously, we started it together. So you can, you can really say you've contributed in some capacity uh, because we started off with something, built something, and the work that's being done that you had your hand involved in, I have my hand involved in, that's what I'm basically being identified for. And it really isn't uh, a personal thing, it's more other people doing well, but somebody ends up getting credit for it. You know, I'm pretty sure you can look at your agency, you know, you may get recognized and, and, and no people may parade you, and um, and it may come off like they say, okay, you know, a guy's just being fake humble, but you know, like when you really know when you're in a position, it's really other people who prop you up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So. 
you feel a little guilty from getting all the spotlight from from work that everybody does or contributes to, but you also recognize that it's part of you being the leader of starting something no and doubt. contributing in a positive way. You the running it's back, you the running back, the star player again, and and uh, you got an offensive line man and a bunch of people that that have uh, protected you and blocked for you and and uh, all of that stuff is cool, man. Man, it's crazy. I, I think back to you know I remember when we were just talking about we didn't know what the name of it was going to be, no. and, and we were just talking about your vision. You know, this was your your vision, your dream. You know, your thing that 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 I remember you explaining it to me for hours. You know, me trying to grasp yeah. what what you were trying to dream up and and come up with. And uh, I could tell you where I was at when me and you thought up the name, the Red Zone. You know, my house in Florida that I had on the beach that you came to visit. I was sitting yeah. outside talking to you, and I was on that clear banister looking at the Gulf of Mexico, man, and, and uh, sun shining down, and, and we were like, man, how about the red zone? You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, I love it, man. I'm, I'm so happy for you and, and, uh, and proud of you. You know, one of the things that, that you said, and you even put it on your uh, Instagram and Facebook, you pulled that quote out of it, was that uh, you believe that Reading books changed your life in jail. Uh, yes. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that and explain that why you said that? Yeah. So and that's actually that's actually what I'd rather be remembered as or remembered by. So when I went to prison, I finally realized that uh, football was over for the most part. You know, I knew I wasn't going to play again, or I didn't think that I would be able to play at the NFL level and something substantial could happen with my life in regards to football because I had missed my moment. So when I got to prison, or when I got to the county jail, that was the first time that I read a book um, uh, independently from school, and it was called uh, As a Man Thinking. That was the first book to kind of get the wheels rolling up in my in my brain. And so one of the uh, major things that happened was that I had, um, one of the major things that happened was that I didn't realize the ambition that I had uh, for football was just existing inside of me. I thought the ambition was just for athletics, basketball, football, and, and, and my quick plan that I would become disinterested with um, anything in life. And so after uh, I got to prison, I realized that I was still energetic, I was still ambitious, I was still dreaming, I still wanted to accomplish, but I said, man, I got to figure something else out. The As a Man Thinketh book sort of like got my engine running, right? And so then after uh, the As a Man Thinketh book happened, I went to, uh, I, I guess it's seven and a half years, and I ended up going to my housing unit, and they had this small catalog called Bargain Books. And Bargain Books was a book catalog where you could order books for, you know, two, three, four, five, six dollars, like seven being real expensive. And I would have uh, individuals, uh, Ohio State alumni, family, friends, or people just send me 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks here or there. And so when I would get it, I would say, man, you know what? I don't want to buy cookies and, and, and miscellaneous stuff from commissary. Let me buy some books and try to, you know, add some value to myself. And I didn't even call it adding value at that time. I just asked you to educate myself for something. So initially, I started buying uh, autobiographies of all great people. And the, the concept that I had was that um, when I played football, you know, Walter Payton was one of my favorite guys. And so I would just sit and study and watch and and, and dig into his film and think like, you know, if I can just emulate him, I can basically be Walter Payton. If I can take his mentality behind how he ran. And that's how like mentorship works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so what ended up happening was that I just start reading books of powerful people. I start reading books of rulers. I start reading books of tyrants. I start reading books from just people who had accomplished great because I said, okay, you know, in order to accomplish great, you have to think big and that becomes your normal way of thinking. We all have the opportunity to, think as small as we want to or as big as we want to 
And it, it's only if you pay attention to the crowd who say you can't do something that you might get caught up into not thinking you can't do it, right? And so that's, that's a whole different story. So what ended up happening was that um, I ended up, um, let me think about this. I ended up reading, and I used to go to commissary and get these legal pads, and I would just write and write and write in the book reports. But then I would take the mentality and say, okay, how do I apply it to my situation, right? How do I apply all of what you're reading, all this information to what you have going on? And what really started happening was I start feeling different, I start talking different, I start uh, expressing myself different, I start feeling different towards other people. I didn't feel as malicious, I didn't feel as angry, I didn't feel as, uh, I didn't feel like a thug no more. You know what I'm saying? And so and I think in Youngstown, when you grow up and, and, and you have the mentality to survive, I think that stays with you for a while until you learn something else and understand that mentality still needs to be uh, uh, relevant in that environment and up under those circumstances, but based upon where you want to go, that mentality doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, even to the street sports of success, you know, it, 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 that, that mentality is in the streets, that mentality is in sports, but if you want to have, like, some commercial success around people who've graduated from college and uh, who have been socializing group differently, you can't use this, and I can't say that I distinguished that before, or even if I could distinguish it, there wasn't an, an opportunity for me to display any skills because I didn't have any. So, excuse me, all of the reading is what really got me going. And the next thing you know, I fell in love with learning, you know what I'm saying? And do you I'm think so? Do you think it would? My forwards now. And it's, it's what I enjoy doing, man. And, uh, and I, I only think through uh, marginalized communities and, and where people have um, despair. I think reading is the fundamental difference and how you change a situation. You know, we, we can sit here and say uh, a lot about everything. We can say, um, you know, I grew up poor, my family's poor, my, my, my mother beat me. We can say all this other stuff, you know what I'm saying? But at some point, you have to change. And in order to change, you have to digest new information to then perceive the world different and or perceive your situation different. And reading is what it is. It's, it's downloading books or information gathering a new perspective and then you know, take it off and, and do what you do. You, you think, do you feel that books can change people's lives whether or not they are, you know, went to prison or didn't go to prison? You, it, it applies regardless, right? 100%. 100% you know, um, the, the, the only difference, with, the, what prison brought me was that at a point in my life, I just operated outside the, the boundaries of a law, right? And so, you know, that takes a certain mentality. So they throw you in prison for operating outside of the law that they set for America, right? Um, but, you know, you don't have to operate outside the law to have this catastrophic moment. I think what prison does is prison opens you to thinking about changing because you see the circumstances. You know, it's just kind of like this, right? If you have a kid, so say your son, your son gets in trouble, uh, you put him in timeout or however you do for discipline or if you have him, you know, doing something from a disciplinary action, he want to experience this anymore so he's open to learning or listening to somebody and that's all prison was for me it was an environment that i was like yo i'm cool with this you know what i'm saying and um so you know i have to figure something else out but the, but you know a person can have a catastrophic or um a, a, a moment of clarity in regular life you know what i'm saying without, without prison and without them but sometimes you know i was saying we don't uh, we don't believe that shit stinks you know what I'm saying? So somebody can give you advice or somebody can say, hey, man, you might be a little bit crazy with your decision making. But it's not until uh, something catastrophic happens that you're like, yo, I probably should have listened to this person. And I, and I think that's what wisdom is. You know, we all try to uh, impart our wisdom on people who we see have potential. And 
in the process of them having potential and, and so on and so forth, we try to impart our wisdom on them and, and rock and roll. Why do you think people that, you know, that, that, that you or, or, you know, why do you think people in general that get wisdom from others, maybe what, what deciphers or separates people that take that wisdom and people that you could just tell they're just not going to get it? You know, what, what, what separates anything stand out? It's a great question. Um, to me, it's humility. You know, it's, yeah. it's when, like when I got young, young folks in my business that got potential and I start working with them, yep. I can, you know, there's, there's one I could tell like, all right, he's having success, but I can tell that everything that I'm saying, he not grabbing all of it because really he's feeling himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I got a, a, another set that I could tell, man, even, even with the success, they listen, they, they're still staying super humble. And to me, the ones that take that wisdom and advice the most, the thing that separates them, you know, I think is just humility. Well, but I just, even when you said that, the, the, the core saying around humility is humility at the beginning of all understanding, you know, and if you're not humble and open to understanding and learning, then you can't grow. No doubt. Um, but, you know, even even when you said that, you know, success in money is a, is a, um, it's a, it's a false positive at times. You know, you have success and you have money. Uh, sometimes you can think that that signifies that you know, that you know everything. You know, oftentimes the guy who uh, ends up making the most money, he ends up having the biggest platform, but that doesn't mean he's the wisest. You know, that's why you should always seek counsel. I mean, like a guy having a lot of money just means he knows how to make money. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's wise in his decision making. He just knows how to make money. And I think just when you when you put the combination of both of them together, you say, hey, let me be humble enough to just learn life. Like learning life and learn how to make money are two different things. And I can see like a lot of guys make, that make me come up in your business, they go from nothing to something similar to like professional athletes. You know, you go from something to nothing or a lot more than what you used to have. You know, I can see how that can become like, hell, you know, I figured this thing out. I put my own work in. You know, I don't have to listen to this guy anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, what what tips, anything that sticks out to you, if you could go back in time, you know, I, you know, I got a lot of high school kids that I'm working with in Inspire Minds, Youngstown. Any any tips or anything you would that that stands out on how to get out of the street life? Like if somebody's already on that trajectory a little bit, they're on that path, family around them, friends around them, they already kind of caught up in that in that circle. You know, any any tips on how to get out of that? Any tips on how to get out of that without destruction? You know, without a disaster happening? Yeah, I, I gotta say, the, big, the biggest thing may be the stuff that you all are doing now, taking them out of the environment. You know, um, I don't think that I'm out of my situation if I don't go see more with sports. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, a lot of these kids can't engineer to see something else. Like, in order for you to be inspired to do something else, you have to see something else, read something else, or watch something else and believe that it's possible for you. Or, you know, are you worthy of having certain platforms? You know what I'm saying? A lot yep. of people don't think that they're deserving of riches, wealth, and so they stay exactly where they're at. And I think that uh, this is a, a collaborative effort, you know what I'm saying? And then you, you have, you know, you have the environmental factor where in our city, just it is what it is, there's not a lot of success around you, you know what I mean? So you begin to identify with what you believe is what's normal for you or what should be normal. And, you know, my, my advice, um, and this, this is twofold, this may be more of what I can do, maybe more of what you can do, maybe more of what people, like, so, so this is what I will say about Youngstown, you know, and I, and I mean it sincerely, we've had enough people 
who have succeeded as Youngstown. But I'm not sure that a lot of people are ready to embrace that identity of showing more people who have been successful, right? So we grew up in the 80s and 90s where there was a lot of madness, but then some guys our age and I were grown, you know what I'm saying? And we've built lives and we've done other things and, and making that available to the current population to say like, hey, despite the circumstance, there's people who have done amazing things. Even aside from sport, there's people who have taken the school system, the city, and the same cards that you've been dealt. And one um, with it. And, and have done stuff. And so, you know, you, you look at other communities. You look at other What about adults? At, you know, what about adults? What, you say? what about adults? Let's say I got an adult that's caught up in the street life, 25, 30, 23, you know what I mean? Kind of on that path. You know, what advice would you give to them to kind of s- switch gears? How do you get out of that? Yeah, that's that, that's, that's a bit rougher uh, because, and I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm just if I'm if, if, if I'm like defaulting to how I really feel sometimes. Um, man, fuck, you gotta be committed to something else. You know what I mean? You can't just I mean, and the only way I can talk about this is in a harsh way. And that's why I have harsh words for it. Like, you just can't fucking believe that you're going to really live in the streets for the rest of your fucking life. You know what I'm saying? And that's not advice, but that's more of like a, a realization or reality check. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you just, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And, and the only way you can talk about it is in a harsh way. It's like, yeah, it's not, know, it's not, not that it's not, it's, it's either it's not going to happen, but it's going to happen. It's going to end up, if it is going to happen, it's going to end up with a bad result. The, you know what I mean? You end up with some hot lead in you or, or, or behind bars or a bunch of issues around you. The, the, the nature the nature of the streets is that you have a bunch of um, you have a bunch of crazy activity I call it crazy activity and amongst the crazy activity you have a bunch of people who um, are feeling like shit about their lives because nobody ever grew up and said hey I want to be in the streets for the rest of my life right a lot of people end up in the streets through default through lack of opportunity environment they was raised in or whatever it is. Then you throw on top of that personal wellness issues. We're talking about guys who just high and drunk all the time or under a condition where they hate somebody and they create enemies. So you mix all that shit together and you mix poverty, you mix despair, you mix the fact that people hate themselves in their current situations, you mix the gossip in it, you mix the the women in it, you mix the rumors up in it. If you stay around long enough, the nature of it, the nature of the game is that you end up smoking too much weed, smoking too many black and mild, smoking too many cigarettes, going to the club too much, doing stuff that is not meaningful or purposeful or in any activity that will build your community up and you become a liability to everything around you. And so we went to this place that we praise this. Even I praise this coming up, right? But it's fucking stupid. You praise stupid shit. You know that we, you know, we hold down our neighborhoods and we do goofy shit and claim neighborhoods that we don't own the fucking piece of. And then we destroy each other, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's it's the no same thing about it. I saw no doubt. every fucking drug known to man, but in the process of doing that, I didn't do nothing but destroy people. You know what I'm saying? And so no when doubt. you actually think about it from a responsible standpoint, like it's fucking nuts, bro. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's nuts as to how we identify the stuff. And, and, we'll, and we think that we have to continuously contribute to this. You know what I'm saying? But it, it goes I do. To, what, what things, you know, I know I can pull a lot out of it. You know, people ask me, you know, where did, you know, why do I think I had a lot of success early on in business? And, and uh, when I really feel it's the right environment, you know, I keep it real with people. 
you know, I tell yeah. them, man, I, I think that I, I'm blessed that I made it out of uh, a circumstance that many people don't make it out of that. Um, you know, I, I had uh, pounds of weed and keys of dope and making eight hour drives to connect with somebody and drive, drive the stuff back with dope hiding in my speakers. And, and, uh, you know, I lived all of that life. And and I think that, I I think that a lot of my early success in business happened because of that experience. You know, there, there was a lot of things that I learned in that life that taught me a lot about business and a lot about how to operate, uh, amongst a, a group that is dealing with money and trading services, to gain, you know, money and business success and how to watch, watch my back and how to maneuver around an environment where, you know, people are still, they ain't in bulletproof vests and, and uh, riding on 22 inch rims, but they got suits and ties on, but they're still gangsters and, and, and being able to spot that. What, what things do you think that you've grabbed or, or learned or that somebody can pull from that life and flip it into a positive or you use it as a, you know, because I tell some of the people, you know, when I got kids that I'm working with and, and they, they got in trouble or, you know, two years ago they had an issue with, they were selling weed at school and they're 13 years old, 14. I'm telling them like, look, in my mind, if I can get this kid on the right track, all that tells me is that he got an entrepreneurial spirit. Like he just wants to, he don't know where to, what to do with it, but he knows how to buy something. He want to make some money. He knows how to reinvest into his business. Like this kid already, he got some of the things that he needs to be successful, just aimed in the wrong direction. Is there anything that you think people can pull and use or that you found that you've used from your experience? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I actually get, I caught, I caught some flack from somebody when I told him that uh, criminal activity in nature is, um, I don't know, entrepreneurial. You know what I'm saying? No uh, being, being bold enough to uh, believe in yourself to either commit a robbery, uh, sell a drug, or to do anything, uh, just personally. You know, so I think the spirit of just taking charge of your situation. You know, sometimes we do it in a criminal fashion, uh, but we just push the, the wrong product, the, the illegal product, right? But the skills that transfer, you know, just take hustling for, for instance. I just don't think the kids understand the same words, right? You, you're, you're purchasing a product, right? In every business, you have to purchase product or businesses that has product, you have to purchase products or services, right? So you're purchasing a product and you're trying to establish a relationship that you have a quality product and that you can basically depend on this vendor to get you this product on a consistent basis. You're logistically working, how do I get something from A to B to another uh, end user? And when you get to the end user, you have to make sure that end user has a great customer base so he can have reoccurring buys with whatever you have. And so with that thing, you may be talking about heroin, weed, don't, or whatever it is that you're pushing. But you can almost say the same thing, okay, like what do people buy in society, right? They buy coffee, right? I'm drinking coffee right now. Somebody has created a place to buy coffee from as cheap as they can. They've created a logistical system to move the thing from A to B. And then they said, hey, I need these distribution centers. And the distribution centers are called Starbucks, right? And so uh, just like a person may say, okay, if I want to make more money selling 
don't have to have more houses uh, or have to have more people working off of phones to have more distribution centers, right? And really it's the same infrastructure, but it's just different products, right? And each and each sort of um, environment calls for a different attitude, right? So if I'm selling shit streets, okay, now I have to be more imposing and threatening and uh, I have to display a certain attitude, right? Because this is what this calls for. I'm not sure the kids realize that they could just go be safe and responsible and dressed appropriately and shave their face and get their hair cut and put a suit on and they can have the same mentality with different products. And so when you start to realize uh, that there's a ton of products in America that people use on a, on a residual basis, it becomes then you doing your homework. You know what I'm saying? Just as if somebody ran out of weed, if somebody ran out of dope, or somebody ran out of heroin, and you're going to source somebody else, you're like, okay, who else can I get this from? And you're trying to gauge, like, okay, should I get it from him? Should I spend money with him? Is this a quality product? It's the same thing with vendor services. You go somewhere, you find out if somebody has something that's cool, and, you know, you're vetting that person for it. And so right. the, the the nature of it, you know, even when you break it down to the end user, you have consignment, right? So you have shops who have consignment. Like if, if a guy's known for selling a bunch of Starbucks coffee or selling a bunch of a product, they'll say, hey, let me set this in your shop. And let me take the burden of you having to give me all your cash all the time and just sell the product. You know what I'm saying? And how do people front people in the streets? They say, okay, I can trust this guy because he's going to keep coming back. And so what happens is that we just don't know the language. You know what I'm saying? Guys in the streets, they just don't know the language or how the skill set basically overlaps into uh, the legal world. You know, and so we stay stuck, you know, and so, no doubt. you know, it's, it, it, you know, even when I say this, man, just even to make more of these videos and to make them available and to, you know, uh, take certain clips out of them. And maybe that may be inspiring to people, you know what I'm saying? To say, OK, I didn't realize that I'm doing the same thing that my local businessman is doing, you know what I'm saying? And the same guy to, at the corner store, you know, e even to this, you know, like just understanding, like you, like you, you understand margins on products, you know what I'm saying? When guys go to buy something, they say, okay, I'm going to make, you know, X dollars, okay? In the real world, they say, okay, off of a business, you know, the, the, the variation, like, you know, I started getting into, like, business and investments and percentages and what's a good rate of return on your money. But you can do that in the legal world. You can do it in the legal world. And when you start to realize it's the same thing, you can change your life and not basically put yourself in a position to lose your life. Amen. No, I said a whole Amen. Lot. No, that's good. Hey, what, what do you think? What do you what do you think? Uh, th did you ever have a a point in in jail? You know, you what would you do? Four? You, you got sentenced to seven, and you did four. Yes. You ever have a point where you just wanted to give up? Did you have any points where you thought about like, man, giving up, or any down moments? And you know, what was that like? How'd no, you get out of that the, zone? The, no, the down the down moments happened in the beginning, and I think they happened because. Uh, there's so much uncertainty. I think anxiety comes from, you know, just not knowing what's going on. And, you know, you have this um, this belief in your head, like, man, you know, uh, and, and I and like in, in, in a certain way, I knew that I wasn't going to get a ton of time, but I knew I was going to prison. But the thought in your head is like, you know, what if the judge uh, changes his mind at the last moment, and give you like fucking 15 years? You know what I'm saying? And um, and that's that's sort of like my deal. Um and, and, and uh, so in the beginning, uh, but the beginning of the whole thing, I was just like, you know, you know, how, how are you going to get out of the situation, you know, or how are you going to make the most of it? And I think that when they sentenced me, that actually brought me relief because I said, OK, at least I can work towards a date. You know, at, at worst, if I'm in prison, I will get out at 31. 
you know, if I would have spent all my time, but I, but I didn't have to. But uh, most definitely, like during the beginning, when I just didn't know what was going on, my hands was up in the air, and it was just, you know, it, it was, it was, oh my crazy. Yeah, what you know, when you first got out, I remember you telling me you you, you started doing some. Uh, did you start selling T-shirts or you know how did yeah. you start getting the ball rolling with what what getting some income coming in to you know start a business and you know what I mean and and basically you yes. you've been working for yourself the whole time. Yes, I never. I mean, well, yeah, I never had a job. Um, so. So 2010, uh, 10, 11, well, technically I had a job. I played football. That's that's not a job. No. Right? No. Nope. So I went to go play football for Don't a couple count. Years. You've never had, had a job. I grand both years. And so the 50 grand quickly got eaten up between uh, furniture and, and so on and so forth. And I actually was renting a car because if I knew about it, took a chunk of the car, a chunk of the money and bought a car, that I wouldn't have any money. So I was renting a car just to get by. And uh, what happened was I start basically – doing group training sessions, right? So I was like, okay, at the end of the day, uh, I don't have anything, but I have the wherewithal with knowing how to work out. I have worked out of prison so much. So I started training people in Omaha, Nebraska, and then I said, okay, at worst case scenario, um, I'm, a, I'm like most people know I'm a nerd with football. Like I just, I'm a nerd with all, all things football. I think I just watched too much fucking film, um, you know, throughout my high school years and just even in college and just, I just love the game of football and I understand it, right? So I said, okay, I can get paid not from just teaching depth, but I can get all. I can also get paid from teaching football to people who just are curious about how football works, or why people run certain coverages, or why uh, third down is important. I had just so much other stuff that I was able to uh, tap, tap into, basically, right? And so I would do that, and I would say, okay, uh, most people couldn't afford a one-on-one session with what I was starting, so I said, okay. If I bundle these guys up and I just do group sessions, I can just basically get more money and they will feel like more camaraderie, so on and so forth. And so I ran a business out there. It was called uh, Led by Pros, and I made enough money to basically uh, pay for my rent, pay for my clothes, and, and do what I was doing. So I came back to Ohio in 2013, and uh, when I got back here, it was real simple. I was like, man, you know, I don't have anything, but my my um, my, my my notoriety and how people know me is down at Ohio State. And at this time, like. I was just uh, seeing people uh, press up T-shirts. I didn't even know anything about T-shirts before I got out. So just, if you can remember 2012, 13, those, those fitted T-shirts that just come out, it was like, you know, like those homage sort of short joints. And so American Apparel. So I remember grabbing those um, T-shirts, and I remember putting sands on them. And I said, if people see me down on campus, they'll, one, they'll identify who I am just because they know me. And there will be a shock value. But then I said, okay, I know for a fact that they'll buy something off of me if I'm just a likable person. And I really learned a lot from uh, Dale Carnegie had a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? And so when I was in prison, I would read this stuff all the time. And just the importance of smiling, the importance of engaging people, the importance of complimenting people. And I was like, no, I can just use this stuff and sell products, right? And so I started going down to campus and and selling T-shirts when I came back. I was also filming the... um, the the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the book I mean uh, yes thirty for thirty the uh, Youngstown boys and then in the in the process of doing that I had this um the writings from my blog in prison right so I would have a bunch of people who would come up to me and be like yo I used to follow your blog in prison so I said okay if that has some value and they liked it how about I rip this thing off the internet shut the website down where it was sitting for free and I said what if I just package it up in a book you know I can buy a book for 
two, three, four, five dollars. Uh, she gets shipped to me for about six or seven, and then I can basically turn around and, and basically give somebody, you know, twenty. I mean, asking for twenty, thirty, forty bucks or whatever it was, right? So I went from selling T-shirts to T-shirts and books, and then I'm doing summer camps, and then I have like this little rotation of business. So the next thing you know, um, for whatever reason, just me being throughout the community, people would see me basically talking and doing whatever. And I also had, had um, a sales job. I was doing uh, drug screens. So they had a real big thing where people were doing drug screens and I was going around doing that. And I had made, I don't know, 30, 40 grand for that compared, compiled with what else I was doing. And so I started speaking at different places and, and, and turned that hustle into another hustle. And then the first time I really got out of that sort of like rap race and doing 50 things with it when I was trucking. And so I start, started off with a little cargo van. I bought the cargo van for like 6700 and did the next van for like 10 grand. And then I start running these packages from day to day. And then from there, it's just like a been, FedEx, it's like a middleman, like a know, FedEx, it's right? A simple concept. You, you grab a product or a service and you, you, you run it until you can't run it anymore. And then, you know, you, you go to something else that makes more sense or something where you can save your time. And so every, like, you know, every year, or every step of the way, it's either I've, I've gotten something to held on to it and say, let me add something onto it. Or, or I'm talking about it to my entrepreneurial endeavors, or I've like said, okay, this this sort of deal has ran its course, and I can set it to the side. So, you know, I've, I've stayed with speaking. Uh, I believe products are everything. I think that you can sell products forever, be it T-shirts and books and um, beverages and, and, and so many other things that you can sell products with. And uh, I've gotten to services, you know, just different services where you can uh, basically do good. I, I do believe in, I, I call it, uh, I stole the words from a lady named Jane, uh, agape capitalism. I'm a capitalist and I think you can do good. You know, I think you should do good, but I also think you should have a focus around making money uh, because I think that, you know, just, just the old do good, let me raise money and fundraise all the time. I think that that runs its course. You need people, if you want to change situations, you need people who know how to make money. And they need to know how to run business. And that's kind of like what I've been doing. And um, I'm not ashamed of anything. And, you know, I've got real estate. And, and as you go, you learn more about, you know, uh, different tax advantages and, and, and how to offset income and, and how you just start to think more like a businessman. So my, my progression has been like a mental health progression. My progression has been like the development of myself. But then the ultimate thing is just, you know, uh, at the highest level, just trying to develop myself into a businessman and look at, you know, you look at the players, you know, you, like if you're not aiming to be like the top players in the world, if you're in business, you're kind of like, you know, saying, that, hey, man, I want to play for the JV squad forever. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't want to be a JV player. I've, ne I've never gotten into anything, even prison. I've never gotten into anything that's mediocre. I'm, I may have had a longer time to get to where I want to, but I've never in my life applied myself to anything and focused and hit a wall and just said, hey, I'm cool with staying here. The only time that happened is when... You know, I just had, you know, bullshit in my life, but I've always been able to figure stuff out or been wise enough to sit. Let me sit this down and let me go work on something else. You know, so that's kind of like been the, the entrepreneurial journey. And, and so I get it. Like, you know, so can't nobody tell me shit about starting with T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? person can't tell me shit about going to the fair and, and pushing T-shirts and people looking at you like you're crazy. But believing in your mind like fuck this is my process this is where i'm at i think a lot of people and, and i say this because i think it's important a lot of people get fucked up because they care too much about what other people think about them you know what i'm saying like you'll be 
you know, they'll say like, you know, I'm, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40, whatever it may be, and they maybe want to be perceived at a different level. Like they should be further down the track, but that's not where you at. You know what I'm saying? And so they don't want to do the grind work. Where you're really at, you can't take the appropriate action to get to where you ultimately want to go. And so if you're too busy fronting or you got too much um, ego to do something uh, that beginner level type stuff, Amen. you know, you always stay in the same space. And, and that's my trick. If you ask me what was the trick to it all, I never care about being doing beginning level work. You know, Come so on. I, don't, I don't care what it is. I, I'll do, you know, I'll do beginner level work to understand the business from top to bottom. And no matter how famous I get, I don't mind doing beginner level work until I learn that that's not the best way to use my time. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that was a whole lot, but I'm, I'm saying with, with the sole purpose of inspiring somebody to say, okay, let me get my head out my ass and let me humble myself to be able to uplift myself and, and, and be truthful about where I'm at in life. You know, I, t- I tell you all the time, I say, man, yo, there's some certain things I want to do, but I'm not there yet. You know, there, there, there are certain ways I want to live, but I'm not there yet. Or I, I can live, I can live a certain way now, but it will be stressful on me. You know, what I'm so there's certain there's certain spaces and places I want to get to, but you know, if I ain't there, I ain't there. I'm cool. Let my shit develop the way it's supposed to develop. And when you get there, you, you there. You know, so then you build on top of that. But you know, people don't have that. That's why they, you know, stay in the same situation. Love it. So where can people get a copy of the uh, One and Done book? Uh, on my website, mauriceclaretonline.com. You know, and, uh, and, and I feel like this, I will say this, I've had a ton of people, uh, and I say a ton, hit me up behind this podcast. And one of the first reasons I want to tell you, I was probably more of me than uh, anything that I didn't get a chance to travel. I get some new headphones too, these fuckers do look silly in the, in the camera. <laughs> I've done good today. Yeah, no laughing, yeah, I haven't no, laughed. No, I, I think it's important for them to know, like, you know, it was it was a task to drive three hours. You know what I'm saying? Three and a half. Sit down. When you have busy people, you have to find other ways to do it. But, uh, oh, and I still owe some money. I still owe $2,000, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so, I will get you your money, too. So, but no, nah, this is this is cool. I'm going to get a cooler background. And just like this, we'll improve on this. Like, now, now that I'm seeing it, I'm going to say, okay, now that we've done an episode again, and we're rocking into 2020 now. I gotta say to myself, okay, how do you improve the look, and how do you improve upon what you're doing right now, and then how do we schedule this to make this happen? Like to get all this equipment up and running, to get the mixer, the microphone, the camera. How do we do this? How do we schedule this? How do we add value? How do we get up there in the studio and knock out some sessions? And and, and now, now I don't feel the burden of like having to drive three hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we can give good content and give it to Giovanni and he drop it down and whatever whatever goes on with the technical side of it. Amen. Well, I ain't worried about the 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 uh money for all the equipment we sent you, but you you hey, know, no, you no, left no, me no, you know, no. you left me at home. You went to the Today Show. I was supposed to come down there. Next thing I see you with a nice suit on, gone in New York celebrating without me. No. But I feel you. I see you. I uh, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you, and uh, we all are proud of you, man. And and uh, thanks for all the wisdom that you share with with everybody on uh, on street sports and success. Hey, y'all! If if you benefited uh, or you know somebody who can benefit from uh, the words that were spoken today, go ahead and uh, and share. And thanks for uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Street Sports and Success. Let's get it.